0: Welcome to the in no relation NFL podcast of Matt and Bill Williamson. Matt, how you doing as we head into Week Four? I am fantastic. How you doing? <laughs> doing good, doing good. I want to kind of really get deep into these five three and O teams, and then yeah. you know it's an interesting group. I think um, some expected, some not. I guess that's the way it goes every year. Let's start with. You know, we we haven't talked since Bill Belichick beat Houston and 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 continues to uh, make his legend. You know, deeper and stronger and better and more more amazing. I mean, you know, they're a point underdog. We we you know they're going with the rookie Brissett. They're totally undermanned. There's no Brady. We're surprised they beat Arizona in Arizona, and then they beat a good Texans team twenty-seven zero. I mean. It's early, but can can they go sixteen and zero when they get their real quarterback
1: back? I mean, wow! I hadn't even thought of that. I mean, it's amazing that you know the Patriots standards aren't. Hey, are they going to win the division or are they a Super Bowl contender? Yeah. Or, you know, in in late September, it's wow! Can they run the table? You know, I mean, it's insane. Um, yeah, I mean, legitimate I though. It, yeah, I mean, I don't think that's unrealistic to bring up at this point. Um, I mean, I think they'd beat Buffalo no matter who their quarterback is. I think Belichick's doing a tremendous job. Defense, special teams, everything looks really, really strong, and they're only going to get better. Um, I, I think it's possible. I certainly wouldn't bet on it. But right. I think if you polled, you know, 100 people that do what we do for a living, 95 of them would take the, the Patriots as their Super Bowl champ right now. Right now, you have to because th- the point is they're only going to get better.
0: You know, they just they 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 just don't lose when they should lose. So I mean, is sixteen zero possible. Well, maybe it's probably you know, it's still hard to do, but fourteen and two and, they you know uh, the first the first year in the AFC playoffs sure looks feasible.
1: Oh yeah, I mean I, I think that's kind of the expectations at this point. You know, not I mean. Yeah, it's, it's, I think a lot of us would be shocked if they don't end up with a bye. You know, I think all of us would be shocked if they don't win the division, and you know, then going to New England in the postseason is look out. I mean, that's that's no fun at all for anybody. Right, right.
0: We'll talk more about them as uh, the weeks go on. Before I go to another five and three and zero team, I want to talk about Houston, who they didn't beat. Or should we worry that they're a fraud or they just got? just got stuck on a Thursday night. I mean, is this
1: is this a good play, AFC playoff team? Houston? Yeah. I think, you know, I mean, clearly my confidence in the Texans, Steelers, Cardinals took a, a hit since we talked last. You know, I mean, I don't right. know how it doesn't. But one thing I've been saying around here in Pittsburgh is football's weird. You know, I mean, there's only 16 games. So... If your favorite baseball team plays the Cubs or the Dodgers or whoever and loses fourteen to nothing, nobody cares. <laughs> you know, I mean, you don't talk about right. it for the next three weeks. That, right. and sometimes a pro sports team has a bad day. You know, I mean, it just mm-hmm. things don't go well. The matchup doesn't work right. Your pitcher gets rocked. Nobody can hit. Your goalie can't make a save. You know, whatever it is, you know that. A pro sports team in a 60-minute game doesn't do well. You know, they just have a bad day. And when we look back in the season and say, boy, that was the low point for the Texans. Was that the low point for the Cardinals and Steelers? I tend to think so, you know, because all the homework we've done up to this point, I trust more than just 60 minutes of action where it went against the grain of what we were thinking. But I think Houston still you know, behind the Cardinals, behind the Steelers, and you look at the rest of the AFC, you have to say that they're behind, you know, the Patriots for sure. Denver's more impressive than ever now. Are they more, how they compare to Kansas City and Cincinnati. So my confidence is shaken. I still think they're my pick to win the division. I still have a lot of faith in the defense. But I think the offensive line will be, you know, worrisome all year long,
0: and I'm not a big Osweiler fan. Right, yeah, I mean,
1: you're right, this is so very week-to-week,
0: and we will be talking in future weeks about, hey, the Steelers are really rolling, and hey, the Cardinals got it back together, and we'll probably say, hey, the Texans are, got a 2-3 game lead in a bad AFC South, because I think, I mean, Jacksonville, we're talking a little bit about them later today, but they're very disappointing, and I Titans are terrible, and Colts aren't going to stop anybody. So Houston's going to win that division. But I do, unlike the Steelers and the Cardinals that I have hope to really turn it on, I don't know if the Texans can turn it on against a really good team in the playoffs. And I don't know why I felt that, because I felt better about them last week, but there's it just, just something there that I just, I just don't know when they get to the class of the conference that
1: they're going to be able to hold up yeah I think that's that's safe to say. And you know it goes back again to boy, New England looks better than ever and and their road to the Super Bowl looks better than ever because Cincinnati's really struggling. I don't think Kansas City's a contender. Houston certainly looks less of a contender. The Steelers look less of a contender. again, it's only two games for them. Denver looks you know better than ever. but I mean, it, it really looks like the Patriots' conference to lose. But, of course, so much is going to happen between now and then. Right. But I'm with you. I mean, sure. uh, it would shock me if Houston goes to Denver, Pittsburgh, New England in the playoffs and puts it on them. Right. Um, you know, a-
0: again, we make these great pro- proclamations and just talk about, hey, the Patriots beat 60-0. And, a- and this hit me on Sunday when we were watching – Trevor Simeon take a huge next step in his career, throwing 312 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, and connecting deep, really developing quickly. What's the future for Paxton Lynch in Denver? If Simeon continues to grow, and he's grown so much in two, three weeks, they're not going to go away from him. I I think the plan was in Denver this year for him, we all know what it was. He's going to be the placeholder, and then you get – Paxton Lynch ready for the buy it's a late buy week eleven. Well, if the Broncos are eight and three, nine and two, and Simeon's doing well, they're not going to ch- they're not going to make that change. And then if the Broncos go deep into the playoffs, whatever it is, whatever it is, it's Super Bowl, losing the Super Bowl, losing the New England in the AFC title game, and Simeon has a good season, they're not going to make the change next year. So. Is it possible that they could flip Paxton Lynch next year and, and trade him? I mean, could Simeon actually be the future?
1: I don't think so. You know, I, I think yep. he was highly impressive this past week in three quarters, give or take. Um, but I also think people are getting a little too excited about him. I caught a lot of heat because I, I, I sent a tweet, you know, like basically – through the first quarter, saying, boy, Simeon's looking rough today, you know. And, and I mm-hmm. thought he really was. I didn't think he played very well early on, eh? that he missed a lot of guys. And They'd then he got terrible, a better. I know he's going to tweet at you. And, and put, up, put up a lot of big numbers. And, but part of it was because of the way Cincinnati played. And, yes, he took what was there. You know, going into this game, everything was unbelievably short. And he was by far – uh, the the least downfield throwing quarterback in the league before this game. And this, this game, they dedicated all their resources near the line of scrimmage and took away, you know, C.J. Anderson and said, Trevor, come beat us. And he did. You know, Sanders and Thomas consistently beat their cover guys, and he threw the ball downfield for the first time, and it worked. And a lot of his passes still weren't all that pretty, though. I mean, I, I think he's – you know, you know. Remember Ross Tucker, and he says this all the time about quarterbacks: that if you can put a stretch of a month or so together as a starting quarterback, you'll last in this league for twelve years. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I think you'll right. end up being Hoyer, you know, or sort of right. maybe better, you know, or starting some places maybe Fitzpatrick, or you know, I mean. But I still think he's never going to be the answer as this is our franchise guy. Give him a lot of credit for being good. You
0: know, he's done well, and, and it hasn't been too big for him, and he's making strides. So I, I give him a lot. Of, he's done more than I expected in three weeks. Yeah. And the Broncos aren't worried about the quarterback right now, I'll tell you that. They're going out and trying to set tones and, and have their defense win the games and, and, and get their offense scoring you know, when the time is right. The Broncos are playing the Broncos' game. And, you know, we talked about before this season how we don't think the Broncos are going to be a, a playoff contender. I think
1: they're very much – I don't think this is a fraudulent 3-0. and Do you do you agree with that? I do agree with that. And I think their defense has not lost a step, you know, and I basically looked at the, at the off season and thought chances of them playing as good as they did last year are probably not going to happen. Well, it's happening, <laughs> you know, and – you know, DeMarcus Ware wasn't in there and Shane Ray had three sacks, you know, Shane, he looks great, and they're deep, and they're really, really strong on that side of the ball like last year, they haven't had to deal with a lot of defensive injuries you know, and we'll see, and that's probably going to come at some point, but Von Miller looks at least as good as he ever has, the corners are unbelievable, and maybe more telling or more exciting is the offensive line's a lot better they're having right tackle problems but but Paradise, their center, is really, really good, the, 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 the line in general is a lot better than it was a year ago and i think you can make the argument through three games even though i didn't really talk them up that the quarterback plays better than it was a year ago i mean at least in terms of passing the football you know and not turning it over
0: more dynamic than it was you know during the super bowl run those last three games you know no doubt about that um What is you know talking about the Denver defense and we thought they might lose something because of Malik Jackson and Danny Trevathan. I mean, are those guys. Have you noticed are those guys doing anything with their new clubs or are they were they benefits of Denver's defense more than Denver's defense is benefits of them?
1: I don't would not I wouldn't say that I, you know I wouldn't say that they're heading to the Pro Bowl you know but I, I think Trevathan's been a solid pretty much every down linebacker in Chicago. Um, They also, you know, brought in Freeman. So, uh, you know, their defensive coordinator came from San Francisco. He looks at them like a Bowman and Willis combination where he can play them every snap. Obviously they're not as good as those guys, but I think he's been, you know, basically as advertised. I mean, Jackson probably never will live up to the money he's making, which is crazy money. Um, But he's showing up. He's making plays, particularly against the run. And I think he's missed more than Trevathan because they do play a lot of dime where Trevathan came off the field for the the Broncos. Um, If there's any worry, I think they can get run on interior, you know, on the interior. I don't think that their defensive line, linebacker triangle there is super physical, super stout against the run. And Jackson was really good in that department, especially as a penetrator. Right. Yeah, going back to Denver, I just think they're really good, they're really great players,
0: they're really great, and they're well coached, and as long as they got Von Miller going, I think they're going to be fine.
1: Yeah, exactly. And Yeah, and they're well coached, you're right.
0: Yeah. Let's go to another 3-0 and team, the Philadelphia Eagles, and certainly they would qualify as one of the surprise 3-0s. and You know, the vice president's talking about Carson Wentz. Every time you turn around, somebody's comparing him to some great quarterback. This is kind of a uh, this is Wentz-a-mania, isn't it?
1: It is, and rightfully so. You know, I mean, I'm not a huge pro football focused believer, but I respect their work, and I go to their sites. You know, maybe every day. And they said in through three weeks in their history. They have not had a rookie quarterback ranked as high as him. They have him ranked as the number one quarterback in the league right now through three weeks, and he's remarkable. I mean, the things I love about him are pre-snap. You know how good he is at the line of scrimmage, his mind, and and he's obviously very talented as a passer, big, strong guy, athletic. He's what you look for. There's no doubt. Mm -hmm. But he's like luck at the line of scrimmage, and to me, that really eliminates a lot of the bust factor from him. You know that I don't think he comes back to earth but this team hasn't turned the ball over yet. I mean, they're going to turn the ball over. You know, I mean you know, that there's uh, the defense to me is what's really impressive. Is that they're they're really playing well.
0: You know, like if uh, you're uh, back at 27 to Wentz,
1: points. It, right, right. I mean, the Eagles have the greatest point differential in the league by like 25 points over New England, you know, in terms of you know, what they've given up as opposed to what they've scored. And it's amazing. And before the Steelers, they didn't really play a tough schedule. But if you watch the Steeler game, you know, Wentz didn't drive the ball down the field very much. It was a lot of quick-hitting ones, bad tackling, abusing injured inside linebackers, and guys like Sproles, you know, running after the catch. And it worked, to say the least. So I think they have a winning formula there. I'm open to the idea that they could win that division, which looks better than I thought it was going to be. But I don't think they're a contender. Yeah. So you think more 10-6 than 13-3? Yeah, I think that's safe. You know, I I think that hard times are ahead, but I think their defense, and that's actually a trend. I mean, more so than anything, of all these undefeated teams, it's been good defense, you know, great defense, really. And I think their defense will be very good. It's more suited for a 4-3. But I also don't really trust their receiving weapons overall, and I don't really trust their cornerbacks. And, uh, you know, the the Mills kid got picked on quite a bit. Uh, I I think they're another offseason away. But they're going to be around for a very long time. Yeah, you would think. I mean, they seem like a well-run organization. They have their guy. You know, if they can add another receiver, add another corner, uh, I don't see why they wouldn't be.
0: You know what The kind of cool, you know, side effect if you will of, of Dak Prescott and Carson Wentz is that these two the, I mean the Cowboys and the Eagles could be going after each other with great quarterback play for the next decade if if these two guys are what we think they can be and and that's going to be awesome you know that's going to yeah, be a, I a great right
1: angle. I mean it's a, it's a lot a, of
0: prime time a great rivalry season. coming up here for you know for years and years and years as we lose the Manning uh Grady rivalry. This could be the next great one, potentially. I know it's early, but they look like they have it in them.
1: Yeah, they do. And you know, is Prescott even going to be the starter of the rest of the year, though? <laughs> I mean, it's been good news that Rose is going to be in two soon. years. He's, you know, you know what I mean. I mean, he's he's the, he's the guy. He's the future. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And it, it would amaze me that if Dallas pays Romo next year you know, like I could see Romo coming back being the starter for the remainder of the season I think he's earned that but when you start to look at salary cap implications and things like that I would imagine they'll be fielding offers for trades for Romo or just dump them and use that money on you know a pass rusher or whatever that uh, my hunch is Prescott almost has to be the starter at the beginning of next year
0: I just don't know. I don't know what the the word is, the adjective, the the verb. I don't know what it is. But I don't think Jerry Jones has it in him. If Jack Prescott if is gets better and better and better, and they keep winning, that he'd take them out. I just don't think he'd do it.
1: I hear that, and I you know I think I can rationalize that as well. I mean, kind of a Brady Bledsoe situation, that the guy you never expected comes in and lights it up. But I think it's also easy to forget that Romo's really good when he's on the field. You know, he's not Mm -hmm. done, I mean, unless his body won't allow it. I mean, he's still playing at a very, very high level, and you can do a lot more with him at least at this point of his career than you can with Prescott uh, in terms of, you know, running the entire offense and audible in the line of scrimmage and, you know, making changes and all those type of things that I think he would make a good offense even better bringing him back. But, they, I mean, they're, they're also going to look at all the injuries that he
0: had last year and this year. I mean, he hasn't played a lot of football in a long time now, you know. I mean, and, and he's going to be 36. So if right. Prescott continues to get better, and, and I think that's the key, continues to get better, I I, just, I think they're going to have a hard time going back to Rome, whether it's right or wrong.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I, I see both sides. I just think that when Romo comes back, it's his job, that he's earned it. The last we saw him, he was an excellent quarterback. And then you have that discussion in the offseason and say, hey, if we can get a third-round pick for Romo, or if we just dump him and use that money somewhere else, uh, we know we got a guy. It's a good problem to have, obviously. Right. And he's also so much part of the team, and, you know, he's such a a
0: goodwill part of that. His teammates, people love him, it seems like, so – that would be a difficult deal. But, you know, it's something that we may see occur. There may be a decision coming up here in a couple of months in Dallas.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um Another
0: 3-0 and o team is uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Are they good or are they just beating weak teams?
1: I think they're the hardest evaluation because I thought, you know, I thought they were a better team than they their record indicated last year. I think they were 5-11. and 11. And yeah, they had a lot of injuries and yeah, a lot of injuries and and before the injuries really just crushed them, you know their first thirteen or twelve games, almost all of them were one score games. You know, win or lose, everything was extremely close. So they've a lot of bad luck that way. I mean, usually those type of teams aren't five and eleven. You know, they're eight and eight, they're nine and seven. You know, I mean, they're, they're, every game is close. And this game, this year's the same way, except that in a way they're getting bounces. You know, I'm not saying they're lucky. They played bad teams. Um, they easily could have lost to the Browns. I mean, Josh McCown was lighting them up, and then he gets injured. Terrell Pryor gets called for a crazy um, – what was the call on his, that they called on him? The, that, that crazy uh, taunting penalty, which was so dumb. And mm-hmm. without that, maybe the Browns win that game. You know, so – I don't believe in the Ravens, but I also don't feel like I know them as well as I know these other teams because I really trust the organization, the coach. I'm a Flacco believer. I think the offense can get better as Perryman gets involved and Dixon comes back and the defense has been quite good. But I want to see them beat somebody. You know, uh, To me, they're a 9-7 and seven type of team.
0: So you think they're going to really fall down
1: to earth? Well, their schedule's not bad, though you know like the eagles have a much tougher schedule than than the ravens so when it's all said and done baltimore may end up with the better the better record they're already 3 and 0 if they go 500 the rest of the way give or take i mean that that makes them almost a default playoff team so they don't really have a difficult run um, i just think they're playing like a 9 and 17 right you know they got an interesting game this week in oakland at home
0: um, oakland's kind of Similar to Baltimore, uh, probably a good team, probably not a great team. Has a good record at 2-1, beaten a couple of bad teams in, in the Saints and the Titans, has played three straight final second games. So I, I think this is going to be another really tight game between the, the Ravens and the Raiders.
1: Yeah, what I'm interested to see, too, is the Ravens' defense has been very good. But is it for real? I mean, I don't think it's a top five, six, seven, eight type of defense. I think it's a top 10, 12 type of defense. Can they stop Amari Cooper? Can they win at the line of scrimmage against the Raiders offensive line? You know, can they slow down Carr? I think we'll finally get an idea of what the Raiders, you know, or what the Ravens are. Better this week because of the team that they're playing, and the Ravens' defense or the Raiders' defense is starting to play a little bit better too. You know, they made some substitutions, Carl Joseph's in there finally, um, so uh, I could see them giving the Ravens' offense a pretty hard time. Baltimore doesn't run the ball real well, and that's a yeah. lot of stress to put on Flacco and an average group of receivers.
0: Hmm. So that should be a good game to watch, definitely. Um, yeah, we- let's go to the last of the three and O's. Minnesota Vikings, I mean, I think they we're all kind of, I don't know, rooting for them is the word, but so impressed by them for what they've dealt with, all those major injuries on offense, and they're 3-0, and they've beaten some good teams in Carolina and Green Bay, and the defense, I mean, this is a real-deal defense, isn't it? Oh, yeah, and see,
1: we saw that coming, though. I mean, like, that to me isn't, isn't surprising, before the season, I said this is an easy top-five defense. Could compete with Denver to be the best one in the league. So it's deep. It's it's really well coached. There's a lot of early draft picks there that are all peaking together. Wayne's, the former first-round pick, is starting to play better these last two weeks. They got Rhodes back. I mean, Funchess and Benjamin didn't catch a pass this past week. Right. I mean, that's craziness. You know, and what's, what's crazy, too, Bill, is um, just think, I mean, Three weeks ago, or our first podcast, probably, we were probably sitting here thinking, going, Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the starter in Minnesota, and Bradford will start in Philadelphia, and if that doesn't go well, maybe we'll see Wentz late in the year. So they make a trade, and both teams are 3 <laughs> yeah. yeah. 0. I mean, it's bonkers. I mean, if Bridgewater doesn't get injured, are these two teams 3 0? Hell of a question. I mean, all of a question. I,
0: I I would think Minnesota would be yeah. I don't think he'd get in their way. I, I and I and I know that the Minnesota defense is so good, but to carry it to three and zero after all these injuries, major injuries. I mean, your quarterback, your running back, and your left tackle all gone yeah. and staying gone, and to be three and zero against you know the Packers and the Panthers. That's I mean that's a hell of a sign for the future because they're only going to get more comfortable.
1: Yeah, I don't know that they beat Green Bay with Bridgewater because I I thought Bradford played tremendous in that game. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously their formula is unbelievable defense. They beat the dirt out of Cam Newton in this game. I mean, I felt bad for him. I mean, he's really taken a beating so far this year uh, against some of the the defensive defenses, you know, like Denver's. Um, And uh, my thoughts here, though, are as – Can they have? I mean, they have to play the same. Can they win the Super Bowl like Denver did last year? And I just think that's a really hard formula for any team to in this in this league anymore. That I mean, like the old Ravens or you know, with with, uh, Dilfer. I mean, like I just think that it's really it's harder than ever to win with that type of team construction. And one thing I said going into Carolina a lot was love the defense, but more than two guys, and by that I mean Bradford and Diggs, need to play like above-average starters for the Vikings offense, on the Vikings offense, for them to remain in the hunt for the Super Bowl. And that still really isn't happening. You know, I mean, uh, as great as this defense is, the Vikings have scored a lot of points on defense and special teams. And I just don't know that that can keep up. Right. Right. Um they're putting points on the board. I don't know why I'm so nice. fascinated I'm by Jacksonville. You. I
0: guess it's because the roster's getting so I mean there's not a whole lot of holes on the roster. But I mean, Gus Bradley's twelve and thirty nine. He's he's gotta go if they if they go 0 and four in London, right? against the Colts. I mean he, he gets the Dennis Allen treatment, doesn't he? Fly home from London
1: and get and get fired at 0 and four. And I think you can it's really hard to be his lawyer in this court case yeah. and defend him anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's really the bottom line. Um, I'm not sure, and you probably have a better opinion on this than I do, but I'm not sure that firing head coaches in the middle of the season ever really does anybody any good. You know, it's not like the next guy up is going to lead them to the promised No, it land. does no good. It does rare occasion, right. it does no good. It just gives false hope, and, and it
0: kind of hits the restart button, but it's false, and it it doesn't work. You know, um, you know, I was covering the Raiders daily when they were 0-4 and fired Dennis Allen, and Tony Sperano came in there. It was it was so much smoke and so much BS. And every week he felt like he had a free pass because he didn't start this mess, you know? And it's was like, dude, you're 0-10 now, and Dennis Allen was only 0-4, so a lot of this <laughs> is on you, and it's not changing. So you're right, but I just think the owners get so frustrated and they had so much hope because teams that fire the coaches during the season are teams that thought they had hope. If not, they would have fired them in January. So right. it's just like, I think it's just owners and GMs do it just to kind of, you know, fool themselves. But you're right, it doesn't change. But, I mean, I mean, there's got to be something going on in Jacksonville. Do you think uh, Blake Bortles, is, does he have potential to be,
1: uh, top 10 quarterback, top 12 quarterback, or is he just going to be a guy? I think he absolutely has that potential, and I thought he was going to reach it before the season. And now I'm starting to have some doubts. And if you're – I worry that he could be – you know, hit his head on Jay Cutler. You know what I mean? As an average NFL starter whose numbers are better than what he actually does, and he makes too many bonehead throws, but he makes some great ones. You know, he's been horrible on the road throughout his career. Uh, Such a huge amount of his numbers have come when they're trailing by 14 points or by a large margin. You know, those are artificial. Um, But going back to the coaching point, that if I'm the head coach, and, and who cares if you fire Bradley or not now or after the season, but unless things change dramatically, I think he goes, and rightfully so. But then you better go hire a QB whisperer. You know what I mean? Go go right. get the guys who's, you know, that, that's his track record, and get Bortles back on track, you know, kind of like what happened with Matthew Stafford with, you know, Cooter and those guys. So uh, I think there's hope, but I don't think that the path they're going down is lending itself to, you know.
0: Josh McDaniels
1: be a good fit there in January. I, I don't know if McDaniels
0: leaves New England, but, I mean, if he wants to be a head coach, you know, he's going to be 40. He's 40 already, mm-hmm. you know. What, seven years in the Denver disaster, six from getting fired? That's not a bad spot for him. Not a lot of pressure, you know, not a lot of media. Um, you, you got a young quarterback
1: you can mold.
0: There's a good roster there. I mean, we agree that
1: that's still a good roster, right? Right. Like, I'm not firing the GM, you know. I mean, yeah. I, I think it's unlike the uh, Colt situation, I'm blaming coaching more than I'm blaming the guy buying the groceries, where I think in Indianapolis, it's the opposite. So, if he would go, or assuming he does go, and the Jacksonville job is open after this season, I have a hard time believing that there's going to be a better job open. I mean, yeah. they got guys. They're going to probably have an early draft pick. They have cap space. They have a quarterback, probably. You know, So, there's a lot of resources there. That would be highly, highly attractive, in my opinion. And you would think McDaniel would be you know, McDaniel's would be the the top guy on the market, so I like the fit.
0: Yeah, I mean you're like, they already have a GM in David Codwell, and I think Josh McDaniel's biggest fault was that he they gave him power at the age of thirty two. I don't necessarily he, he screwed it up because he was thirty two, but he screwed it up, and uh, he doesn't need to be anywhere near the personnel room. I mean, I, and if if you have a solid GM, just say hey, just coach just coach these guys up, and you're you know, you're, there's no pressure here. I mean, you got good talent. This team won 12 of the last 51 games, you know, going back to September of this season. Yeah, maybe it is a good fit. So
1: get them the 500 that's interesting.
0: We'll talk about, about that more, little... I'm sure, as we get down the road. Here's three playoff teams from last year that I'm going to give you the names. I want you to give me the order of that you're most worried about. Uh, Cincinnati, Carolina, Arizona.
1: I still have hope for all three for sure. I still think Arizona and Carolina are Super Bowl contenders like I did in the preseason. Um, Carolina lost a two elite defenses and played those games close. I still have faith in Arizona as a blip on the radar, Steelers situation. But Cincinnati, to me, began the season behind those three, still is behind those, th- those two, I mean. And desperately needs Tyler Eifert back or another weapon. So I think that they're still in the hunt for the playoffs, and and you know not time to kick dirt on any of them for sure.
0: Right, but you know if the Ravens, if the Ravens, I know you're not sold on the Ravens, but if they are, you know, 11 win team, they're three right. zero now. Go eight and five the rest of the way, and Pittsburgh's gonna be Pittsburgh.
1: Cincinnati may have a tough time getting into the playoffs if they don't get things together pretty quickly. No, I think you're right about that. I, I can't argue that at all. You know, Carolina and Arizona's path's a lot clearer to the playoffs, where it wouldn't shock me at all if Cincinnati's 8-8 eight and eight, or maybe even 7-9 and nine, and miss the playoffs this year. The AFC is looking like it's going to be deep, right? Yeah, I think so. And actually both conferences seem deeper than originally expected. You know, I, I think when we talked the first time, we both looked at the the NFC East and said, "Boy, one team's going to win this division, and everyone else stinks." Um, but you're right. You know, I mean, I th- think the NFC West is good. I think the AFC North mm. is good. You know that. So yeah, I do think it's deep. But I do think the NFC is probably deeper now. You know, Minnesota, Green Bay, um, Atlanta is better than we thought. The, the the East is better than we thought. Seattle, Arizona. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's nothing's clear cut. I mean, could the Jets still get in the playoffs? Maybe. Could the Chiefs get in the playoffs? Right. You know, quite possibly.
0: One more question on those three teams. Uh, Arizona. I've talked to people who are a little worried that Carson Palmer is taking too many hits. He's making a lot of bad decisions, throwing a lot of interceptions. Are we seeing the end of the beginning of the end for him?
1: I don't know. Um, I think that that is something to consider at his age, you know, qu- you know, quarterbacks fall off the map like we saw with Manning and-, and when it gets bad it gets really bad. And Palmer's never exactly been the guy to value the football, you know. I mean, he's been a risk taker and he played really really poorly this past week, but he also played really poorly this past week whenever his team was trailing and the whole world knew he had to throw. And you know, the week before that he looked good. <laughs> and I think it's unfair to say, but, man, do you remember that playoff game last year and those last couple weeks? He played with a broken finger. <laughs> I mean, a 38-year-old yeah. guy with a broken finger on his throwing hand, out there gutting it out, I don't think that says, boy, you know, he stinks he can't play anymore because for 12 or 13 games last year, he was an MVP candidate. So right. I think he's probably taking more heat than he should in that regard. And it's the obvious conclusion because of his age. But I also think a really good organization in Arizona probably screwed up without using a second or third round pick on Cardell Jones or Dak Prescott or, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, that time is coming very soon, and it's going to get ugly when it does.
0: Right,
1: right. Um, How bad do the
0: Steelers need to. They're getting Bell back this week against Kansas City, and they need him back now, don't they?
1: They do. He's a very special player. Um, They did not run the ball well at all, obviously, this past week. And they didn't run the ball that well against Cincinnati either. They just stuck with it and stuck with it and stuck with it in the the rain. Um, So, yeah, I think he will be a boost for sure. Um, They have a lot of injuries on defense, though. They're linebackers, safety not getting any pass rush at all. Right now they're the the worst pass rushing team in the league. So I'm not sure the running back is, you know, obviously the the area of concern. But any time you can add a great player and get a spark, that's going to be helpful. And in the end, I think Pittsburgh will be fine. That They'll look at that game and say, wow, I mean, that was by far the worst game of the year. And and there won't be another one nearly like that one. It happens, right? I mean, it, it happens. If that, a, kind of back um, to the last question: analogy, if How bad can the Saints be? I mean, just, Drew Brees is just going to
0: have to throw 18 touchdowns a game, isn't he? I mean, the defense is awful, awful. Yeah, and
1: I, I felt bad for him last night because, you know, we both said that start all your players when the Saints play, you know, in fantasy because all the every game is going to be a barn burner, and I think that's true but the defense is just so, so bad. And in a way I feel bad for the organization too, because they used a first round pick on Rankins. You know, Bro was a really good corner last year. And so all the everything that they've done has gone for naught because of all the injuries too. So we knew mm-hmm. it wasn't going to be good. And then they try hard to fix it, and all their fixes go bonkers. <laughs> you know, go haywire, get hurt. And, you know, last night, the Falcons scored a touchdown on five straight drives, and it felt like everybody was cheering when they held them to a field goal the next drive. You know, I mean, that's rough. Yeah, it's just uh, – there's no super quick fix here, isn't there? No, and, I mean, I think this year is going to be 6-10, and 10, you know, and Drew Brees will be phenomenal, and they'll put up a ton of points. But the defense is just so bad that, I mean – uh, everyone's dancing on Bourbon Street if they get a stop. Right. right. But I think it could be better next year. I mean, uh, again, if you're another offseason of putting resources into it, uh, it's hopefully the luck isn't as horrible with injuries.
0: So you're saying, so it's not Dennis Allen's fault, per se, you know, replaces. I know you're a big Rob Ryan fan. <laughs> um, it's just the personnel is terrible at this point.
1: At this point, yeah. And yeah. You know, there's not a lot of hope that there's not three or four guys that are going to be back soon to save the day. Right. Well, great. Well,
0: hey, Matt, we ripped through it, I think. We had a lot of fun here. We will get back to it next week when we're at the quarter pull. You know, four games in, pretty much. Well, the Eagles and the Packers have the uh, week off, but we are, we're getting into it pretty quick, aren't we? It's going to yeah, be October. absolutely.
1: Although it seems like right when I feel like I know things about the league, the Cardinals get blown out, the Steelers get blown out. That they know that there's always a major curveball, which makes it so much fun. Yeah, there'll be a bunch of stupid stuff this weekend too, no doubt. Of course.
0: Yeah. Well, cool. Well, we'll we're your guys with the stupid stuff, so uh, thanks for listening to us. This is no relation NFL podcast with Matt and Bill Williamson. Thanks, and we'll talk to you next week.